Thanks for tuning in to NL Newsday. It is Wednesday, July the 21st, and time for me to welcome in now the mayor of Kamloops, Mr. Ken Christian. Mr. Mayor, how you doing today? Very good, thank you, Jeff. Well, thanks so much for the time, as always. Uh, lots to get to here, but I wanted to start with a real positive note. And uh, you got to throw out the first pitch at the uh, Under-16 Provincial Fastball Tournament last week. I mean, sports back in the tournament capital. That's got to be a pretty exciting thing for yourself. Yeah, you know, it's been it's been a long wait, and uh, I was excited to be there with the U-16 fastball, and uh, kudos to the organizing committee from uh, Kamloops, and kudos to uh, the city staff who had uh, Charles Anderson Stadium just looking perfect, and uh, fortunately the skies cleared, and, and it was a very successful event, so uh, hopefully that's the first of many. Absolutely. Um, I got to get into the state of emergency here. Uh, we saw one finally called yesterday by the province came into effect as of midnight last night. Uh, I'm not going to get into the lollygagging from the province because I do think it's now important not to look back and why it took so long, but just be happy one was finally declared. But uh, I guess just from a city of Kamloops perspective, and, and obviously you're also a part of the Thompson-Nicola Regional District Board, something that this um, the regional district here has been pushing for for, you know, 10 plus days. Um, obviously you're happy to probably see this finally be declared by the province. And um, what do you think this means just in terms of people's overall view of the fire situation right now in British Columbia and particularly in the interior? Well, you know, I, I think it ramps it up uh, another level, and, and uh, certainly uh, we in the city of Kamloops are on uh, high alert. Uh, I was briefed from uh, the Chief Robinson from Counts Fire and Rescue yesterday about their plans uh, in event of uh, weather events and, and uh, whether we need to reactivate our EOC locally, but uh, certainly the TNRD is the epicenter of uh, a lot of the activity. We have major fires on uh, all four directions from Kamloops, and uh, certainly uh, my colleague Mayor Rain from Sun Peaks, uh, Mayor Roden from Ashcroft, and the devastating loss uh, for Mayor Polderman in Lytton uh, weigh heavily on our minds. And uh, this is going to be a long uh, fire season, and uh, there doesn't appear to be any uh, w uh, water or rain. In in our future, but a lot of wind and potentially lightning. So uh, those are things, and I've said it before, uh, we need a high degree of situational awareness uh, as residents, uh, whether we're at home or whether we're on vacation or heading to work or wherever we are. Uh, just be conscious of uh, the environment around you and uh, the kinds of steps you would need to take to get out of harm's way. Where is the city of Kamloops in terms of being prepared to welcome evacuees? I know we've already welcomed many to our community, uh, but does the state of emergency provide any maybe additional supports in terms of having more people be able to, to stay here if they are having to flee on a moment's notice and come to Kamloops as sort of a, a hub for evacuees? Like where, where is the city just in terms of preparing for an influx of people? You know, our uh, emergency support services uh, team are one of the best in British Columbia, and, uh, you know, we are uh, hard-pressed. Uh, we have Memorial Arena tied up uh, as a shelter. Uh, we have the TCC tied up as a mass immunization center. Uh, we are welcoming evacuees at MacArthur Island, but it is full, uh, and we have uh, the Sandman Center set up as a uh, 
smoke relief area. So this is unusual times, but uh, if uh, needed, there are other spaces uh, in Kamloops. But right for now, it, it would be best to bypass Kamloops. And, and uh, I think Sycamus went to Salmon Arm, which is a logical stopping point for them. Okay, so... Um I guess do, do more conversations need to be had just in, in case, because we know things can change on a moment's notice when it comes to fires. Um, you're, you're saying to bypass Kamloops for now, but is there you know ongoing conversations or is the OIC, o, EOC going to be re, re-energized here to, to start looking at, at potential options? Because you know, we, we don't have a lot of time to prepare sometimes when things shift. Yeah, you know, if you look back at uh, 2017, there's not near as many people displaced uh, this year as there was then. But, uh, you know, Kamloops will do what Kamloops is asked of. Uh, We always have done that. And, uh, you know, if we need to uh, step it up, uh, then uh, the uh, Provincial Emergency Measures BC group will get in touch with us. And things like schools or the university or other uh, kinds of public buildings could be put into play. But uh, we're not at that stage right now and there are uh, spaces uh, certainly merit has uh, stepped up in a big way and uh, you know uh, prince george is taking a lot of the uh, pressure off uh, of uh, evacuees from the caribou so you know i'm in touch with uh, you know embc and the other mayors around the region on a regular basis and you know camels will do what camels needs to do Switching gears here a little bit. I'm going to get to council in just one moment, but one more subject, uh, you know, away from the the council table I wanted to get to was safe supply because last Thursday it was announced that British Columbians that use toxic illicit drugs will soon be able to access alternative drugs like fentanyl patches or fentanyl tablets. Tablets. Uh, we saw Vancouver councillors out distributing safe heroin not too long ago. I know you have been calling for a lot more to be done when it comes to the overdose problem in British Columbia. Um, I guess were you were you happy with this move, even if it is maybe only a small step you know, it is a small step, but it's a step in the right direction, in in my opinion. Uh, we need to decriminalize uh, the uh, personal use uh, of drugs, and we need to have a safe alternative supply uh, if we want to get ourselves uh, clear of this opioid crisis and the and the uh, terrible toll that it's been taking, particularly on uh, young men in Kamloops and in this province. Uh, but it's a big conversation, uh, and uh, you know, eventually uh, we will need to see the kinds of uh, supports and facilities in the city of Vancouver throughout BC and including in Kamloops. One of the things with this particular uh, announcement from the province um, that that sort of, for me, doesn't feel like it's going to be as impactful as many would hope is, from what I understand, it's still going to require doctors to kind of be on board and being able to prescribe some of this safe supply. And I know there has been sometimes a reluctance from the medical professionals out there to participate in these kinds of problems. I I know it's going to have a small impact, and and you mentioned it is a small step and we do need more, but do you have any fear about uh, maybe a reluctance from, from our doctors in British Columbia to participate in a program like this? You know, I, I think that uh, you need specialized physicians uh, to deal with this and, and not really rely on uh, family practitioners or, or the, the general complement of physicians you would have in an area. Uh, fentanyl is a very dangerous drug to wit the fact that it takes uh, lives uh, in uh, the city of Camels every week. So it's not something that should be uh, deregulated in terms of uh, the supervision of its use. Uh, 
and so I think that that's an important thing. But I, I also think there are addiction physicians and specialists uh, available within the medical community that could take this role on in a holistic way, and they should be supported by uh, street nurses and nurse practitioners. All right, let's get to council here. And before we get to some of the business, I wanted to start with the fact that in-person public participation now welcome at council meetings. I don't know how much participation you got from people showing up last night uh, or yesterday afternoon, I suppose I should say. Uh, but just what does this mean in terms of the fact that we're, we're slowly crawling out of this pandemic, returning to some sense of normalcy, actually having in-person conversations is uh, a significant step in, in getting back to, you know, a normal council meeting that would normally be happening pre-pandemic. Yeah, it's a good, great step, and I think a, a great feeling for uh, myself and for uh, the other members of council to actually uh, see uh, the citizens we represent uh, in person in the room. So that was good. There was about, uh, I think, 10 members of the public uh, for various topics uh, uh, there in the afternoon meeting, and a couple of members of the media uh, were there. And in the evening, it was a packed house, so we had a, a very lively public hearing last night, and uh, Again, we we left the Zoom option open, so people that uh, weren't comfortable coming uh, down to uh, the Sandman Center could uh, zoom in and provide their input. But it was uh, it was good uh, to see the energy and the passion uh, directly in the room, and uh, I think that's a, a harbinger of uh, things to come. And uh, hopefully, in the fall, we'll get back into our regular council chambers, and uh, we'll be back to a more normalized uh, uh, local government. One of the longer conversations from yesterday's meeting was the RCMP providing a report on, on crime within the city. It sounded to me like overall crime has been down since really the pandemic has began. Um, I think that's a pretty common um, um, trend that we've seen across the co- pro- uh, country when it comes to COVID-19. More people just not out and about these days. So, uh, you know, overall crime was down. But we did see a pretty big increase in uh, break and enters to business community. And that's been something that has been you know, very, very much out there recently looking at what's going on on the North Shore. We see some instances downtown. Um, I guess, how do you kind of uh, weigh this against each other? Having crime overall be down, but some of the more visible crime kind of being up right now. I mean, it, it's sort of a, a positive and a negative story at the same time. Yeah, you know, exactly right, uh, Jeff. Uh, and, you know, it was kind of a counterintuitive message, and that's why I let the conversation go on as long as it did uh, yesterday. And kudos to Superintendent Leckie and uh, to Inspector Pelly and uh, to the women and men who uh, serve under their command and, and uh, populate the watches and protect the citizens of Kamloops because uh, it, it is a difficult and trying time to be in law enforcement. But uh, the bottom line is uh, crime is going down, but there are pockets of crime in certain areas and certain types of crime that are uh, going uh, on uh, seemingly unabated, and and so uh, that is what makes this a counterintuitive message, and and, uh, I think we have to look at the big statistics, and uh, certainly major crime and homicides and those kinds of things. Uh, We we had a a, a relatively good year uh, in terms of that, if there can be such a thing, but uh, 
you know, there are these uh, crimes against business uh, and certainly uh, the effects of uh, street uh, populations and, and those kinds of things that, that continue to weigh heavily on the public's mind. And we had a long uh, conversation and, and I think an important conversation for the community to listen to about uh, 2020 and about the current state of policing in Kamloops. Um, was there any conversation during this presentation about, you know, how to combat the issue of sort of the, the quote-unquote catch-and-release issues that a lot of people say are, are happening in the city, right? Someone breaks into a business, uh, they, they cause some vandalism, smash a window, maybe steal a few dollars, they get arrested, they, they you know, don't really spend any time behind bars or anything like that. They're just sort of put back right out onto the street, and that's something I know a lot of people have had issue with. And, and I don't know what the real solution to this problem is. There has been talk about this community court, and maybe that could make a difference. But did you guys have a chance to sort of talk to uh, Superintendent Lecky about that and, and wh what can be done, what progress can be made in that regard? Yeah, we, we had a, a, a very mean, meaningful conversation with respect to that, and, and there's a, a number of fronts that we're working on. Certainly uh, myself working with the Urban Mayor's Caucus on this, uh, council working uh, through UBCM and have a meeting scheduled with the Attorney General about this, uh, uh, working with Local Crown uh, about uh, the kinds of things that are available to us in terms of appealing decisions with respect to uh, charge assessment standards. Uh, so there's a, a lot lot of activity there. I think, uh, you know, we, we find ourselves in a, in a position where uh, I understand uh, why uh, Crown are uh, acting the way they are based on uh, precedents uh, from uh, decisions, uh, court decisions, some even uh, from the Supreme Court of Canada that influences their pattern of practice uh, in terms of uh, whether or not recommending charges be laid uh, and, and accepting those charges. But uh, the reality as it plays out on the streets of Kamloops is quite dismal uh, because uh, we are seeing prolific offenders uh, and we are seeing uh, repeated uh, behaviors uh, that are uh, risky to the public uh, really going uh, unpunished un, uh, in terms of uh, what you would normally expect as a civil society. Lots there, Ken, so I'll leave it at that for now. Always appreciate your time. Thank you so much for this. Enjoy the rest of your Wednesday, and hopefully we'll have a chance to talk soon. Always enjoy our chats. Thank you very much. Thank you. There you go. Kamloops Mayor Ken Christian.